Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. India win by six wickets in the second test. The Border Gavaskar Trophy will uh, remain in their hands, but obviously everybody talking about the sweep. Chetiswai Pajara, 31 not out in his 100th test and stayed around to make sure that he was there. He got the opportunity because he got nothing in the first innings and he gets the opportunity to hit the winning runs. So all kinds of scenes and all kinds of fallout from this side, um, from the Australian side. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that this morning. On the line is Stephen O'Keefe. Good morning to you, Sock. Well, is it is it such a good morning, Maddie? I, I wake up, I feel, I'm feeling flat and depressed. Not that that's any different to a normal morning, but it's even more so after watching that. Uh, how would you describe that collapse that happened last night with the Australian batting lineup, followed by India, you know, clinching the Border Gavaskar Trophy? So I'm a little bit depressed this morning, mate. Yeah, did you how about get yourself? Well, well, I got up this morning and I thought I, I, I might just, uh, you know, do some work around the house. I might sweep away some troubles around the kitchen. I might sweep <laughs> away some troubles around the lounge room. And then I thought, you know what? I thought I'd better put the broom away because the sweep ain't working. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Gideon Hay, I think, said it, you know, best. And this was the last test where, you know, proactive morphs into hyperactive. And you can't help but feel that, Travis Head's innings the night before lured us into this false sense of, you know, maybe getting them before they get us. Let's go out, play our shots. On a wicket where we were ahead, and we very rarely get into a position where we're ahead against the Indians. And I think there's enough cricket intellect in that change room to realise that if someone had trusted their forward defence, which is a saying that goes around a lot, and batted a bit more time, batted with a bit more diligence, understood that it wasn't a wicket. Listening to Jadeja, watching the way Pajara batted, watching the way that Virat Kohli batted, none of them, all of them refused to sweep. You know, they knew it wasn't a wicket to sweep on because of the low bounce. Um, so it was quite disappointing um, to see the way that the Australians went, went about that batting innings. Is it one thing to have a plan? I mean, it was a clear plan, right? Is it one thing to have a plan, but then surely... Don't you have to have plan B, plan C, plan D? You go through some of the great Australian teams of past and they always made sure that they had the backup plan. So at some stage in that second innings, Australia must have worked out the sweep wasn't working, which is fair enough. If you've got your plan and it doesn't work, that's fine. But they didn't appear to have a plan B. Is that what you saw? Uh, yeah, it just seemed... There was there was just far too many shots getting out to the sweep. Now, they would have had... and the, the, the thing that was distressing for me was they would have had a whole night to plan and think about it, which I think stumps came at a great time for India a couple of nights ago and at a bad time for Australia. Head just seemed to have gotten into a groove and doing what he seemed to do well for us all summer in Australia and counterpunch. And then for, for whatever reason, I think India, India bowled most of the time with backward square leg up inside the ring. So the sweep would have created a lot of value if you could get it there. But it's exactly what the Indians wanted us to do. And there was a picture before the game started. It was Ashwin, Jadeja and Aksar Patel and three coaches out there basically discussing a plan. And, and then listening to, the, to Jadeja talk at the end, he said, 
I know these guys are going to try and be proactive. I'm going to keep my plan as simple as possible, not react to their proactivity, but know that if I keep hitting the stumps, I'm going to have success. And that's all it was. So, Socky, we ended up losing nine for 48 in the second uh, second innings, nine in 91 minutes. That's a collapse for the ages, mate. It is, particularly given the situation we're in, and it's so hard to get ahead in India. I mean, we were one run ahead overnight, albeit just that very one run, but we were ahead, and knowing that India had to bat last on that pitch. So I'm extremely disappointed with the cricket intellect in that room. There were six, I think, six dismissals out to the sweep shot that, you know, we're now joking is going to be a pun of that Australian team. They were trying to be proactive and felt like they needed to get ahead of the game by scoring quickly. But, you know, in the successes that they've had in the subcontinent in the past, it's about being wearing the opposition down. And and at this game, it just seemed that Australia were in a rush to try and get to 200, which I think would have been a great score. Instead, one for 61, nine in 91 minutes, as you talked about. And we went from a really winnable leading position into one that we knew, or the Australians knew, I think, in the back of their mind, that 113 just wasn't going to be enough. So you know what it's like to be in that dressing room. You know what it's like to be there in the thick of it. And you know what it's like to look around and see that cricket intellect. It's not as though you lose your intellect on a day, do you? I mean, it, you make bad decisions. So what's the talk, do you reckon? What do you, what do you think was going on in that dressing room after the day's play? Look, I think that's the most frustrating part, Matt, is that, that they would have had a whole night to think about it and come up with a plan. And I think uh, the Travis Head, the way that he went about it the night before, being really proactive, playing his shots, you know, with the summer that he's had, and I've already mentioned, I think Lewis the rest into thinking, this is the way we need to do it. We need to score to run a ball. We need to be aggressive. We need to take them on. Um, and I don't think it was the wicket in which you wanted to play cross-batted shots. Pajara showed it. Barak Kohli, their whole uh, top order, Rohit Sharma, showed that you can you can still score runs and turn over the strike by either using your feet and playing straight. And I was just so surprised that it was a procession of sweep shots. Carey, who went to it in the first innings and got out to it. Matthew Renshaw, you know, it, they talk about <laughs> they talk about bullets, you know, and, uh, uh, balls with their name on it, you know, to use a wartime pun. And I, I think, you know, Matty Renshaw must have been dreaming with a bullet with his name inscribed on it. You know, he's, he's just at the moment nowhere with his batting, unfortunately. And um, the batting collapse is just something we've just come accustomed to. And... I just would have thought with the likes of Smith and Lubbershane and, and having that night to think about the game that we could have come up with a better plan. Dig in, bat longer. Know that every ball is a contest and if you survive it and bat long and deeper and take this game out, this wicket is going to deteriorate. We have two young spinners in Coonham and in Murphy who would have loved the opportunity to bowl at 200. Imagine the confidence that would have given those two young guys and the belief that would have given those two young guys going into the game three and four after a long break that the Aussies have now, knowing that it's 1-1 in a series. Instead, I start to get this feeling that a bit of scar tissue is starting to develop again against India. And it's not a gap anymore between Australia and India. It's starting to turn into a chasm. So confidence has got to be a problem. I mean, Ashton Agar's done nothing over there and been completely overlooked. So you'd think he'd be better off coming back here and getting some Sheffield Shield game under his belt. You spoke about Matt Renshaw. We know that David Warner's not going to be there for the rest of the series. Mitchell Stark will be coming back. Josh Hazelwood's still sitting around. Cameron Green's sitting around. So who's, who stays and, and, and who goes for the next test? Yeah, look, I, I'm really surprised about Ashton Agar. I went back and watched his 14 overs in the Australian test. I know a lot of people have come out and, 
and and said, oh, he didn't bowl well enough. I, I thought his bowling was really good in Sydney in a game where only, you know, there were three wickets, uh, three or four wickets tops to spinners. And, and something must have gone wrong with the way that he's bowling over there for him to be overlooked because he's a great fielder, a good batter, and I think would have been a great all-round addition. And that's nothing to take away from Matt Coonham. And so I was surprised at that selection. What they do with him, I'm uncertain now. Um, they do need that spinning depth over there. We've seen how easy it is for people to get injured. Um, and I do think at times over the next two tests, we may need three spinners. But look, hey, Mitchell Stark, I think will be fit. I hope he'll be fit. And Cameron Green comes back into the side. Um, so they're two really big inclusions for Australia, not only because of their own reputations, but being a left armer, Mitchell Stark will create a bit more rough for our right arm offies in Murphy and Nathan Lyon. And, and of course, the airspeed that we talk about in India, if the ball does start to reverse and, and Cameron Green showed his wares um, with the ball and, and also in the bat in the subcontinent. I think he's been really impressive when he's been able to tour Asia so far. So, look, they've got 10 days. I hope they just switch off, enjoy some of the culture, enjoy some of the food. India is a beautiful place. And then about, you know, three or four days out, they put their heads down and they come out fighting and show that resilience that they did for three quarters of that game um, in the last test. Just one final question, because I was going to ask you about the Socky fix. I mean, they got the 10 days, but you've just delivered it there. Go out and experience the culture and, and get away from cricket. <laughs> yeah. Just on the on the issue of then the captaincy of Pat Cummins, obviously when, when, when results like this start to happen, the captain comes into the frame. Now, he's going to be there for a long time. We know that, and I think that's only his third loss as test skipper of Australia, but... What does this do for his confidence and what has he got to do in terms of trying to not listen to the noise but at least listen to the experts? How do you tread that fine line if you're Paddy Cummins? Yeah, I mean, it's ruthless, isn't it, at the top. Um, The Australian captaincy is, is, uh, you know, would keep me up at night. I I think one of the great things about Paddy is he's a very pragmatic, he's a sensible guy and I don't think he listens too much. I think after the first test, there was a lot of noise around that team but I don't imagine that would have, reflected the way that he would have approached his team members in that squad. I think he's got a really good holistic view of where cricket sits in his life and that team, and he wants to win. There's no doubt about it. I think a lot of the senior players, including himself, realise the importance of that tour. So for him, it would be go back, look you know, look backwards in cricket. You know, It's always about looking forward to the next ball, the next contest. But to do that, you need to look backwards, and I think Paddy will reflect on that. I think the way he handled the two young spinners was amazing. You know, they both look like they've been and played 30, 40 tests in the subcontinent. And that's because they've got strong leadership um, and they're strong leaders all around that group. So, you know, look, the series is gone, but there's so much to be gained out of the next two. We were so close in this last test and they're the things that I'll be embedding on. They've had moments. India, seven for 140. They put on 100 runs, get a lead. Um, and then Australia at one for 60. So there's moments in the game where you're thinking, geez, we, we can actually do this. We, we, we're right in the contest. If we just get our noses a bit further ahead, we're going to win this game. So they have to embed on those points. And that's what will keep them ticking over into the next couple of games. And hopefully a win. Hopefully we stay at number one in the Test Nation rankings. And, and, and it looks like we may eventually play India uh, potentially uh, in that final uh, down the line. Good on you, Sock. Thanks for your time this morning. Good on you, Matty. Have a good breakfast, mate. Cheers.